listening to the Poster Boy Podcast. Our mission is to help young entrepreneurs in small-town America start, grow, and manage 21st century businesses. Are you ready? Let's get started. Hey, this is Chad. Hey, and this is Drew. Today, we're going to talk about a quote. Chad, what's the quote for today? All right. So our quote today is by Robert Allen. How many millionaires do you know who have become wealthy by investing in savings accounts? I rest my case. So Chad, let me ask you, how many millionaires do you know who have become wealthy by investing in savings accounts? (laughs) Uh, It's a a, a zero. I think that's probably the number is zero. Yeah. Oh, that's or great. at least it, so what's for, for my personal knowledge, absolutely zero. So, yeah. Yeah. Well, what's the takeaway with this quote for you, Chad? I think that it's important to understand you're going to have to use your money if you want it to grow and hoarding it under a mattress or in a savings account, which is the same analogy today as it was in the past, will will not get you to where you want to be. And so, yeah, I mean, what's your takeaway from it, Drew? Yeah, I think that's a that's a pretty good example or at least a good summary of it. You know, I think that today's podcast is you know, for as much as we talk about inspiration and anecdotes and stories, this one's this one's definitely a different lens on the money of your business and the money of really the the liquid that moves a business. To me, investing money in the right things is important. And there's lots of different investments. I think that we'll talk about, you know, traditional ideas of investing today. We may, we may also go off the script and talk about other ways to invest your money that can definitely benefit you as a person. And also, uh, Chad, definitely interesting in hearing how you've invested some of your money into your business to make it, make it as successful as it is today. So really the question is where to begin. So I think let's start, let's start with something that I get asked constantly by young people. And it's, it's how can I start investing? Okay. Because some people might not have an idea for an exact business they want to start yet, but they, they want to invest their money. And there's so much information out there. It's almost information overload. So for me personally, I'll tell you how I did it. I did pretty much just how I do everything else. I just did it. So I opened an account when I was in college with a company called Scott Trade. And I only chose them because my last name was Scott. So that tells you anything <laughs> about my thought process. I didn't do a ton of research. I saw they had yeah. know, 699 trades. So I was like, okay, whatever. And so I do it. Read this, I'd read a, we had a magazine at Dominican and I read this little magazine while I was waiting on a class. And it said it was about Pacific ethanol. And it just so happened to be at a time when gas prices were through the roof, super, super high. And the ethanol, the Pacific ethanol, I thought, well, first of all, I didn't even know anything about it. But when I was reading about it, basically ethanol could replace gas or potentially have a fixed gas price, something along those lines. So I thought, oh, this is amazing. And then it said, Bill Gates is investing in this. So I thought if Bill Gates could invest in this, then I might as well do it. So I literally opened yeah. a Scott Green account and I put 500 bucks into this thing. And then I just bought the company. And I'm not kidding you. Literally within like a couple of weeks, this thing ran up to like $3,500 or $4,000. And I couldn't believe it. I was so blown away that it didn't feel real. Okay. It was the first time I'd ever made money without physically working for it in my whole life. And so it really changed just instantly. And, but the first thing I did, like everyone who makes money for the first time really fast, I sold that stuff. I mean, so fast I was out. Okay. I'm done. And so then I took the money 
and I invested more into my my three headed gumball machines. And I took all this and I bought them. And yeah, man, it was kind of weird because whenever you grow up the way I grew up and even to this day, actually, with my my parents, we we never talk about investing. It's almost like a forbidden topic. And I think it's just because they don't have much knowledge on it. And so we just don't talk about it. Um, so yeah, it was it was a little unfortunate that growing up and most kids never get a chance to talk about money. And I think it's because most parents kind of suck at using their money. Yeah. You know, I don't I'm I'm sure everyone listening to this has heard uh some statement about, you know, I don't know what it is. Uh people would be homeless if they lost their job within 30 days and yeah. The majority of the population couldn't come up with a thousand dollars in 24 hours that they needed to stuff like that so that tells you alone really just about how how the economy and how people spend their money so obviously the scariest part of that is that these are people giving advice because they already don't know how to spend their money so the only advice they know how to give is to do something different than they did but they don't know if that advice works yeah it's kind of scary I, actually but oh go ahead yeah Drew. well i was going to say i i think you know this is maybe a a sensitive button to touch, but financial literacy, you know, right down to paying bills and managing a checkbook and knowing what an overdraft fee is like, these are, these are very simple concepts, but they're not taught, uh, you know, and, you know, on one hand where it's easy to say the education system doesn't have a class of financial literacy. Yeah, fine. Okay. But how many parents are teaching their children about, how money works. I remember not having this conversation. In fact, I remember being 18 years old and the $500 truck that my dad sold me broke down. And so I needed to buy a vehicle, right? I mean, we need modes of transportation. So my mom takes me down to the local car dealership. I give them all of my savings. And I was a good saver at that age. I saved, I was, I think I was 18 and I'd saved like $3,000 for my server job. Really good. Yeah. Really good saver. I gave, gave that car dealership all $3,000. Little did I know had I signed a contract for a $16,000 car at 18, not thinking about how much it would cost. Well, huh. you know, fast forward a decade later, I finally finished paying off <laughs> the, the rollover amount into the next vehicle and terrible What's the what's Dave Ramsey say the the stupid tax you know it's just not knowing not having financial literacy or really thinking about the implications of going under contract for something like that it's you know I mean for as much as I know we want to talk about being proactive and forward thinking the moral of this is if you're 18 just think twice before you <laughs> buy an 18 to 30 thousand dollar vehicle yeah I think also investing this is a topic that we've never really covered Drew but investing can mean so many different things. Okay. From investing in the, the most important investment you'll ever make is in yourself and your education, hands down the number one, because it will generate the highest rate of return of any other investment you can make. But then on top of that, investing in understanding what it means to invest in real estate, to invest in stocks and bonds and mutual funds and why people do what they do and why they invest where they invest. And one thing I've learned is that if you follow the herd, and you are a lemming, you will not, you will not achieve what you're looking to achieve. You will be par for the course, just like everyone else. And so for me personally, I decided that 
as I, so I bought these vending machines, right, with the money that I'd made on Pacific Ethanol. And it provided, a, a you know, a, a decent little staple of income every month, believe it or not. I mean, it, it wasn't crazy, but it was like, oh, I don't know, man, looking back on it, how, what was I probably making? A couple hundred dollars a month. But if you think about it on a $4,000 investment, $200 a month was $2,400 a year. I mean, it had a rate of return of over 50%. It, you know, as far as ROI, return on investment, 50% in a year, by the way, the way that number is calculated is you take your total investment, which would have been $4,000. And if I'm getting $200 a month, that's $2,400 in a year. You would divide that into your 4,000 and it's probably closer to 60% in one year. So it's it's an annual rate of return of whatever that was, 50, 60%. And so really great investment. And, you know, had I have kept compounding that, it could have continued to grow, but Anyhow, so so going back to that, what, what I learned by this particular investment was that was the best money I'd ever made because I didn't work for it. Like I didn't physically do anything. And then the same thing went for the gumball machines. Every I would go out one day a month and refill these things and boom, I would just collect these bags of quarters. And I had so much fun counting this money that I didn't physically work for. And so it was like at that point, then I became obsessed with figuring out how people do this. Like how, what more can I do? And so then it was more about like, how can I get more money to invest in more things, right? And obviously I had some disastrous investments. I invested in a company called Lucent Technologies when I'd actually made some real money and well, it all went to zero pretty much. So that was a disaster. But I'd had, along the way, I I was fascinated by the stock market after this happened and I got money back in there right away and I started putting money in all the time and I was losing because I was, you know, short-term thinking in and out every day. But then... I started reading a lot about it and starting trying to understand everything. And just like everything else that you're investing in, I was investing in myself. I was investing in my education and what I could learn. And, you know, you have to find a method that works for you because the same investing strategy doesn't work for everyone. You know, we all have different needs. We all have different desires. We all have different levels of income. Just so many different things that matter. You know, and I, I will I will say this about my personal investment. So I, I invest in equities. I also invest in real estate. I have a few uh, rental properties. And then in addition to that, I would consider my greatest investment within myself in the poster company. And the reason that that is the case is because it provides an annual salary for me. It provides those things, right? And so I've learned that over time, if I'm going to make an investment, let's just say hypothetically in our, our web development, you know, we have to look at what's the return on this investment. And so far, I mean, we're really, really deep in this. I mean, hundreds of thousands of dollars into this. And the return on investment has is nothing near what we anticipated being in the long term. But this is one of those investments that we have to look at over the course of a five to 10 year return period, because I, I really believe there's going to be a curve that once the return starts happening, it will compound so much faster than a normal investment for us. And so this is something that we continue to pump lots of money into because as we, just like with anything, as you get good at something, you start finding ways to be even better. And for us, we're a company that is really a hybrid. We, we have a, a mobile-based business that sets up at events on weekends. And we found that our home office has become our website. All things go through the website. All communication happens through the website. Everything happens through it. So we wanted to build a platform where it really allowed us to scale and do everything on our business. And, you know, even today we're working on things that 
obviously we, we don't really talk about a lot of the, the futuristic stuff that we're working on, but we're working on things that are really game changing for not just us, but the industry as a whole. And we've taken a concept and I mean, Drew, you have, you know, direct access to a lot of the stuff that we're working on and you can see it. And yeah, as fu- as funny as it is, we're a poster company, but one would argue we are a technology company. What would you say to that? I would definitely agree with that, <laughs> with, with the yeah. not and not not just the monetary investment, the significant monetary investment you're making, but also the the ideas the the uniqueness and what i think will be the disruption that what you're doing will create in the marketplace you're not just investing money you're investing effort and strategy like i i just a side thought and i think it's still vague enough to where when someone's listening to this a year from now they're like oh okay this is that moment if you know right now is some yeah. of it's still very mysterious sure. um you know a lot if you were to take some of the processes and systems that you're building and put it in 10 other companies, I think it could, could do just the same amount of disruption there as it is what you're doing here. But, but the, the, the point you're bringing up just briefly, the point you're bringing up is, and I'm, I've always had this fun visual, right? So we think back to last, uh, the last podcast where I mentioned the restaurant I worked in at, in Coppell, Texas, the a very fun thing I re- recall seeing is that there was a very special chair at the end of the bar. The char uh, the chair had a it was cushioned. It had its own. It was just unique. It, it, a customer didn't feel like they could sit there. You know who sat in that chair, Chad? The owner of the restaurant. Oh. Whenever he, <laughs> yeah, like that was his. I just had this vision that that was his retirement. Like he. He built this restaurant. His sons and daughters now managed their franchises, and his and his life was sitting in his investment every single day at the bar, yeah. talking to people. Because at that point, it's a fun visual to see: could I be sitting in my investment physically in my investment 50, 60 years from now, and having the same amount of fun that he had? Absolutely. Well, it's, you know, I think that's interesting to me, for me today, personally, I get to sit back and I watch a lot of the result of my investments, you know, when I was in school. And I mean, we have to also keep in mind the investment I made in myself was probably not a very good bet in the beginning because I had no idea what I was doing. Not only that, I had no idea what I was doing. I didn't know how to be a better person. I didn't know how to figure out myself and learn more about me. It was just something I didn't know. And as I started taking that on, I started improving and improving when my life improved, my business as a byproduct improved as well. And I think today, a lot of the people that get to make an income off of this idea that I had years ago, it's pretty, it's pretty gratifying to me personally, because I get a chance to see like, man, the things that these people don't see when they're making money is me sitting in a dorm room, answering a phone from the first guy that ever tried to buy from me. His name was Mike McFarland. And he wanted to, he's like, yeah, can I pay you with a credit card? And I'm like, I don't even know how to take a credit card. Oh, no. <laughs> no, like, I, no. You know, like the answer yeah. is no. And he's like, can you invoice me? I'm like, sure. I have no idea even how to do that. You know, and somehow, somehow this thing has, has manifested into this global enterprise that has done so much good for so many people, just people that work with us, the kids, the parents, the memories it's created, the 
the reputation it's built for directors. It's just, you created something that's done so much good. And I think for me, that's what makes this investment specifically so rewarding. But, you know, Drew, on this podcast itself, one thing I want to, to point out is that this is more about just investing in yourself. I really want to go back towards like the stock market type investing because where you can give yourself an advantage is if you're generating revenue, if you can invest some of the money while you're growing and while you're building and that money can make money, it can provide additional investment opportunities in yourself. It can provide additional, you know, you might something you, let's say, uh, you know, just to give you an example of our web, our website, right? The, the first iteration of it's like a hundred grand. So by investing money into the market and into, into securities, which are stocks, if you're able to generate, let's say $50,000 in return over the course of, even if it was two or three years, it doesn't matter. By the time we made this decision, now out of pocket, we, we can use 50,000 of our investment income and then an additional 50 of our own. So it shortens the timeline that we would need to make the investment. You know, now for us, once we got into this, it just like with all web development, it's a rabbit hole when you get the right people because you can do infinite, there are infinite possibilities if you can think them. And so today, lucky for us, we have a group of really talented thinkers, which has, you know, proven to be very expensive, but we did this for ourselves and we wouldn't invest in it if we weren't calculating the risk versus the reward. And we believe in the end that the risk is more, you know, we really believe it's going to be worth the reward. Yeah. Yeah. Tell me, so what is your perspective on investing in people? Well, I think it's called, we consider it like human capital. Okay. So as far as a business goes, investing in people is probably the single most important investment you'll make outside of yourself in a company. And so whenever you, you have people, you well, first of all, man, this is, this is very tough. Okay. Because I have, I have different levels of experience in this, but in the very beginning, you need self starters. You need people that choose to get things done on their own without having to be coached and motivated. You need, you know, really like self-starters. But then once you're in it, you need people that follow the rules. You need those, you know, going back to a previous podcast, you need A students that listen to what you say and they do it exactly as you say. And so as you, as you get people and you invest in people, one of the difficult things, and Drew, you and I had a conversation about this this morning, is to understand them and understand what motivates them, you have to really take the time to get to know them. And the byproduct of that is you build a great company with great, great people. But th- there also comes that point where you now are not operating from necessarily a very strong business owner standpoint as much as you are have, operating from a friend zone. And that makes for a very difficult uh, phase of business. Yeah. You know, and um, you know, well, yeah, I, so, I was just going to briefly ask maybe if you could put your mind or put yourself in the shoes of Peter, who you've spoken about quite a few uh-huh. times in his early, early interactions with you, what do you think he was investing in or what do you think his approach was to investing in you? Well, it's funny you asked that question because in the very beginning I told Peter, no, when he wanted to make an investment in our company, I said, Hey, Uh, you know, I I really have no interest in in you doing it because we didn't need the money. And second of all, I didn't want to risk my friendship with Peter. And 
you know, Peter, Peter made it very clear to me, well, no, two things. Number one, that, you know, he was investing for his personal, like, so he was investing in us for an entertainment factor in life because he really loved the business, saw tons of potential, and it was a lot of fun. And so for him, there was a, a nice entertainment factor. But in addition to that, he said that he doesn't necessarily invest in products. He invests in people. And so he finds someone that he believes has what it takes. And then he wants to put an investment in that person to see how far they can take it. And so for me, when, when he told me that, it was this sign of confidence that he had in me that I was a person he was willing to invest his hard-earned money in. And that for me was probably one of the best compliments I've ever had in my life. And so the last thing I could ever do was allow myself to let him down. So I worked as hard as ever, tirelessly, even to this day. I mean, to this day, I still find reward in Peter saying, you know, Chad, I'm proud of you. Like you've done a great job. And those moments are different today because now he coaches me differently. Because in the very beginning, we were a very young startup in the beginning. And we, we, uh, we weren't a fraction of what we are today. You know, today I can sit down with Peter and, and talk to him about things. And we talk about international expansion and we talk about our footprint throughout the U S and, you know, Peter discusses like KPIs, the key performance indicators and things like that with us. And it's different than in the very beginning when it was, you know, he just thought we had a really cool idea and that I was a person that could, you know, potentially take it to be something that was valuable. And, you know, today we've, we've built something really valuable but it, it's not that we've arrived. You know, we still have a lot of road left to do, a lot of investing mm-hmm. in ourselves left to do. And it's as with all startups, you again, it goes back to our, our podcast last week, Drew, with you get what you put in, right? You get out of anything what you're willing to put into it. And that's it. I mean, you can, the result of our company is because of what we're willing to put in. So many startups are so concerned with high salaries and high paychecks. And I've personally had no issue delaying my gratification for a potential payout down the road that might not happen. And that's okay. But if I have to, if I have to bet on anyone in the entire world, I'm going to bet on myself because I have control of my actions. I have control of my habits. I have control of my daily routines. Whereas if I'm investing in other companies, I don't have a control over, you know, if I'm investing in Drew, I I can't control you and what you do every day. You know, I can make an assumption and I can, you know, make some sort of educated guess, but I can, I can control me and that's, that's who I invest in. And every day I wake up and I try to do the very best job that I can do. And I'm not perfect, but I commit as much time as I physically can. And I try to think smart and do things in the right way. And, and I read a lot, you know, and it's funny because, you know, there was a certain level for me that like when Peter tells me that he's investing in me for an entertainment factor in his life, it almost made it's me like feel hunger like games. I was insignificant. <laughs> and so it was, you know, now it's, I've said to Peter many times, I, I really hope to end up being one of the best investments that he's ever made from a, a, an ROI perspective outside of himself. Yeah. I mean, look, Peter's very difficult because he built Nextel, but, or Nextel Mexico, but at the same time, I really believe that we're onto something and we're learning how to move faster and we're learning how to make less mistakes. And, but at the same time, every time you improve your operation or you do something, this whole new set of problems, they show up. And now you're left just trying to solve bigger problems that are much harder and much more stressful, you know, much more mentally draining, but yeah. the reward is 10 you know, times greater than it was. 
Oh, I'm, I'm sorry. And, I was just, I was going to mention you know, oh, go that in this is, you know, we've, we've kind of jumped around from, you know, financial investment to business investment, to investing in yourself and investing in people in, in the investing in people category, you know, something that I've tried really hard to do is to help people break through the wall of, of self doubt. I, I, I don't, I don't know if you have this experience. Maybe I, I'm sure you do. Actually, I'm sure you have this experience of running into someone who is at a moment and you can tell that they're about to cross a, cross a threshold. They just need that final push and you shove them and, you know, and think back to the last podcast where we're talking about, you know, making the right decisions. You, you, they lean on you and you help them and then you watch them grow. So I think for as much of the entertainment factor as Peter may have had, I think it's probably more common when, you know, someone calls you for a little piece of advice. I've ran into people who just needed to break through that one final idea or needed this one resource or needed an introduction to one person. It, it always feels, it is one of those types of investments where you don't necessarily expect, you know, expect and return on investment. It's, it's, it's just maybe for the sake of it feels good and it's, it's helping you become an, an even better person, right? Or at least it be a building a pattern of being okay and enjoying helping others. It's all about how you measure the return on investment. Okay. So you're always receiving a return, but in this scenario, it's not a monetary return. It's more of an emotional return. Okay. Because you have, you have a bank account, like an emotional bank account. You have, you have lots of things personally that you're, that you're needing to invest in. And when it comes to things, I, I do think that the stock market's a great part, a great start for anyone who's young. I think you should get started early, but I think you should obsess in reading about it. You know, what do they say? It takes 10,000 hours of doing something to become an expert. Well, challenge yourself to oh, read yeah. 10,000 hours oh, yes. worth of investing. And I, I trust me, by the time you do this, you will become an expert in that. There is no doubt. And you, can, you, will, you will know a whole lot, even with 1,000 hours committed. You know, a part of part of being an expert is knowing how to find the answers to your questions quickly and, and things like that or how to solve problems quickly. But I think, Drew, what you're going back to is whenever you're investing in anything, well, first and foremost, the return isn't always measured the same way. While Peter may have looked at us as, you know, an entertainment factor, he also finds fulfillment in watching me thrive and succeed knowing that all he had to do is give me advice and I, I take it as if it's the only advice in the world. Drew, something else I want to, to point out that really gets overlooked a lot. And I, I don't actually, I don't think I've seen it talked about or, or read it or anything too many times is you should invest in your ability to Oh yes, think. I love that. Okay. And so I'm going to explain what I mean by this. So let's say, so let's say hypothetically, in my company, uh, let's see, well, I'd say we'll use a restaurant. So if, if you want to invest in your ability to think, you need to start thinking about and learning how to think. So maybe you look at a salt shaker and you sit down and you try to just, just think about this salt shaker. So think about the company that made it. How many do you think they make in a day? How many restaurants do you think they're in? How could they improve it? If they improved it, how would they get it out? What, what could they charge for this to make money? And just start learning how to think. What problems do you think they encountered? Why did they design it the way they designed it? Why do, does it tip over? Why does it have the, this number of holes in the top? 
Why is the bottle the size that it is? You know, how often do you think it needs refilled? Is there a better way? Well, you know, maybe you're in a restaurant where the top twists and the, it comes out the bottom where you can finally grind your, you know, you can grind your salt and pepper. Why do they do this? What appearance are they trying to give? What are all the things that they're thinking? Okay. And so then once you start learning how to think, you start applying this to yourself and your life and your business. You know, just sit down and give yourself a chance to think about maybe five years from now, where do I want to be? So let's say five years from now, I want to have, you know, I want to purchase a house and be debt free. Okay. So what does that mean? Does that mean that I go and buy a million dollar house, but but you know, I'm, I'm only planning on making 40 grand a year. Well, that's not going to get me there. So, okay, if I'm making 40 grand a year and I can save 20 of it, if I want to be debt free in a year or in five years, then the maximum that I could pay for a house is a hundred grand unless I find a way to make more money, right? So if my goal is to be debt free or, or have no mortgage after five years, well, then I have to start thinking, okay, that's my goal. So then my actual threshold of purchase is a hundred thousand dollars. And if I do this, this, and this, I could make maybe an extra 50 bucks a week or a hundred bucks a week, or maybe a hundred a month or whatever. And I could apply that to the mortgage. And maybe I could even knock that time frame down to four years. And if I do do that in four years, what would I do with the extra money? And how do I plan on utilizing it? What does not having a mortgage do for me? Does it create mental stability? Does it create stability for my family or my kids? Or, or what am I trying to seek by accomplishing this? And really challenge yourself and your ability to think because investing in your way of thinking will do oh, more than, than anyone could ever imagine. That and Drew, perspective. I, I, I'm almost certain when you, you go that, that when you can go that deep and when you can train your mind to start thinking critically about why and how it's amazing. The, the, I, I think it's almost enriching, right? Like for to one ex, one perspective, I want to say, you know, for the sake of a business, you know, having a critical thinker or having the ability to think critically is important. But just you know, being a human being, being able to think critically about your relationships, you know, politics, you know, the economy, yeah. you know, should I buy a new vehicle? Yes or no? Should I buy a used one? Should I lease? You know, should it be electric? You know, being able to think critically about Topics, you know, on the on the salt shaker example, you could go infinitely until you understand every aspect of why a salt shaker was made. You know, like, uh, you know, when when did salt become prevalent? How how old is this company? You know, what, like, how long will it be around? Why don't they put salt and pepper in the same container rather than two containers? You know, like, yeah. <laughs> there's just a million different ways you can go around it, and. I think the one of the things that Chad mentioned was, you know, yep. in in that ex, in your example and in general, you, you to some extent have to know where you're going and you have to know at least why you're going there. And I think for as much as the how, it's the why that matters too. Why does someone invest freedom from and freedom to do? anything you want to do. And what, what, what do you think about that? Couldn't agree more. I think the word is so fitting for the, for this podcast. At the end of the day, entrepreneurship in general is about freedom. And part of being human is about living life on your terms. And that's the reason to be an entrepreneur. And at the end of the day, making investments can help you get there faster. And you're going to have to invest in a few things. Number one, you're going to have to first invest in you. 
get yourself ready. Number two, start building a company and invest in that. As you make profits, invest some of the profits back in the company, some of the profits into securities, other things, right? If you're taking a paycheck and you don't need the money, invest your personal money into securities and allow that money to grow. And all of a sudden, if an opportunity comes your way, you can't, you don't have to say no because you can't afford it. If, if, you know, I was recently watching um, a, a really cool documentary and this guy was recruiting people to work for his company. But one thing he told them was he couldn't pay them for a few months. And there were some really great candidates, but they had to say no because they didn't have the financial resources to go two to three months without getting a paycheck. And so these people were at a disadvantage because the people that were able to do it in the end, it worked out for them really well, right? But if you aren't investing and allowing yourself to, to put yourself in that position, well, then you're, you're going to have to make decisions sometimes that you don't want to make because financially you have to. And look, even saving... $50 a week. It doesn't seem like much. Okay, but that's $200 a month. It's, well, with 52 weeks, it's $2,600 a year. Okay, and $2,600 a year, again, doesn't seem like much, but if you do that for five years, we're talking about over $12,000. Okay, and that is a lot of money. And remember, every five years is going to happen one day at a time. And no, I can assure you, in five years, you will be a lot happier having $12,000. And it's not that hard for someone to give up 50 bucks a week. You know, Drew, I was thinking on the, the, the whole thing for people that you want to get out of anything in life is you want people to do what they want to do. And you can never be certain that people are doing what they want to do and working with you if they have a financial strain. But if they have plenty of money in the bank, let's say you hire someone that has 50 grand in the bank, you know that they're working with you because they want to not because they have to. Man, I feel like this was just a podcast that's loaded with action. It's loaded with pretty much everything. I think I'm excited about the next quote because um, who said it, right? <laughs> Bruce Lee said it. I mean, how could you not be excited about this? Bruce, Bruce Lee said this quote, okay? The successful... The successful warrior is the average man with laser-like focus. This has been another episode of the Poster Boy Podcast, brought to you by utproducts.com. Find and follow us wherever you get your podcasts. Visit us at theposterboybook.com to grab your copy of the book.